At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. And welcome back to Public Access America. That's how easy that is. So Thursday, the Surgeon General put out um, a tech company over misinformation. Wait, what is this? The Surgeon General assails tech companies over misinformation about COVID-19. And it was so weird for the Surgeon General to bring this up, you know, that it's a health issue and that we need to get in line. Like, that's just so weird to me that that's where it's coming. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think, feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, name on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you're going to figure out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen. Here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 157 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. May God bless America. Honestly, it's, it, it isn't to me, though. Like, think about it. You know, think about where you got your health information from traditionally. Your you doctor, got it, right? You got it from your doctor or... Even think about when you were in school. Didn't did you guys have like posters up about different health things at certain times? Oh, sure. We had a health class. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, where we got our health information is, I it was a very you know it's very streamlined, very carefully craft crafted you know uh, dialogue mm-hmm. about what you have to work out. Now, granted, I mean we probably grew up with the whole dare movement, which yeah. that was a mess 
<laughs> I learned how to do drugs. drugs. I learned how to do drugs from Dare. Right. And that's what yeah. that's the funny thing is is that that's what they found out about Dare is Dare taught more people how to do drugs than it actually stopped from doing drugs. Right. It told a lot of people, "Hey, there's drugs out there." Right. Meanwhile, I was like, "Wait, you mean that Cheetos taste better if I take a puff of this?" Mhm. Why the fuck wouldn't I want to? Right? And so I did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I like it that it's an all hands approach to this misinformation thing. It's recognizing that it is something and it's something valid, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, so I, the, uh, so COVID is ravaging not by demographic, but by political party. And like point, yeah. I mentioned, I mentioned in the first hour, when you're telling people that the vaccine isn't good, they're going to die more, right? Mm -hmm. And what I think it does is it, it makes this variant bounce around until there's one that can attack everybody again. And I just don't think that's fair. And it turns out that people are actually being shamed into not getting the vaccine. And in, in counties and states around the country, they are doing secret vaccines. If you really want the vaccine, you can call somewhere and get a very, very discreet shot. And I think everybody should look into that and get the shot because you're trying to protect your family now. You know, it's not though. Somebody said it in a real interesting way, get the vaccine and take one from some little liberal radical. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and here's the other one that I don't get is I don't, out of all the things that Trump wanted his name on, I don't know why he, you know, why he isn't calling it the Trump vaccine. Right. It was the China virus. So why not call it the Trump vaccine? Right. Because I mean, let's be real honest. Warp speed under Trump is the whole reason that this thing got off the ground as fast as it did. Mm -hmm. Broken, you know, broken clock is right twice a day. And he got this one right. Period. End of story. And he also had the help from these pharmaceutical well, he, companies who were already, I mean, let's not pretend that AstraZeneca wasn't working on COVID style vaccines for years. You well, know? and let's, and let's not pretend that, it, you know, there wasn't a whole bunch of ego stroking in order to make this happen. But the reality is, is, is that Trump could have very well have said, now nah, we're not going to invest in, in vaccines right. and, and gone that route. And we would be a year behind where we are now. If you think about that, the reality is, is, is that he did do that. Right. And we have the vaccines out there and mm -hmm. now the data is just overwhelming that it's people who have not been vaccinated. A friend of mine is, um, uh, the head of an ER down in, in Arizona. And as we've seen in the rural South, the same is true in Arizona right now. The overwhelming um, number of people that are in his ER are unvaccinated. It's not right. even close. It's, 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 it is up in the, it's up in the high nineties range. So yeah. And L LA has reintroduced their mask mandate, you know, um, Missouri is begging for ventilators. Mississippi is at 34% vaccinated. It's like, it's amazing to me that, that, that it fell on party lines like that. This isn't a political issue to me, you know? Yeah, but, you know, that that's one of those things where you were all too willing, they were all too willing to push the early narrative. And now it's just absolutely bonkers, you know? Now, mm -hmm. you know, don't get me wrong. The, I'm going to, I'm going to, kick on the Democrats here for a bit. Do it. So 
part of the issue has been vaccine hesitancy. And here, you know, even for me initially, I had hesitancy. Me too. Because there isn't a whole lot of data out there. And and that really is an issue. The fact of the matter is, is that now that I know what data has been collected, there is no reason why this shouldn't be displayed in real time. Right. There is no reason why there shouldn't be a dashboard out there that is showing, you know, you know, what percentage of people are getting this? What percentage of people are getting this in, in the mild range? What's it look like in the moderate range? How, what percent of people are getting that? What's it look like in the severe range? What percentage like of people this. are looking at, at symptoms like this? How many people have died from the vaccine? That should be a Times Square billboard. Oh, absolutely. This, this is something that should be all over the place. The problem, you know, they're, the problem with the Democrats is they don't want to put this out because they're like, oh, well, it's just going to give people an excuse not to take the vaccine. Like they don't already have a fucking excuse. Like, listen, if a person's not going to get the vaccine, they're not going to get the vaccine, whether you put good data in front of them or you tell them the flying spaghetti monster says jab is bad. Right. They right. don't give a shit. They're going to make the choice. But people who are like, look, you know, w- what does this breakdown look like? I don't know what I'm walking into because I've had people on one side on, on one side of the spectrum sit down and go, yeah, I had this reaction or I had that reaction or, hey, I was down for an entire week because it was it was pretty rough for me. I got but they were very like to sell you that. Yeah. And I've got people on the other side that have, you know, they don't know anybody who's died, but they know quite a few people that have, you know, are telling the horror stories of getting the shot and mm-hmm. they're not hearing, they're not hearing the hundreds upon hundreds upon thousands of other stories of, yeah, I felt like crap for a couple of days. Yeah. I felt, right. I felt like I got punched in the arm or in a couple of cases here, just even my own household. Yeah. I didn't have anything happen. Right. I got the worst of the symptoms in my household. Everybody the news else doesn't focus on positive stories. It wants to focus on the negative so that we try and support it. But I've always said throughout COVID, we needed to focus on positive cases to keep morale up instead of putting us in the doom spiral that we're still just, just coming out of now, right. you know? And that's just it is, is that like, this wasn't a very difficult thing to do. Right. Putting, putting this information up is not a difficult thing to do when you're already collecting it from every person who's gotten the shot. Right. That's willing to fill it out. Like this is pretty easy simply because you've got a bunch of already, you know, pre-selected metrics. Mm -hmm. The, the, the other qualitative stuff, the stuff that people are going to end up typing in. Yeah. That might take a minute to sort through that, but you can still update that in re you know, in time, as you get that process, all the other like mm-hmm. checkbox stuff, you could have that easily set up there and be able to display that. So that way people are sitting down and going, okay, you know, 90% of people or 95% of people are having just mild reactions to this. The 5% right. that are having moderate to severe reactions this is what this breakdown looks like. Here's what I can expect. And then people can go, okay, so I see all of these things. Now I should go talk to my doctor and say, Hey, with my, with my own issues, what do I need to be concerned about if I get this shot? Right. Form your own opinion and then ask somebody else's opinion. Don't ask an opinion in an empty bucket. Like don't put, don't face. I know so many people that have to validate their, their decisions 
based on what other people would do. And I, it frustrates me. I make my own decisions based on my own research and then I get opinions. Well, and it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating knowing that all of that information is out there and the Democrat, the democratic party is choosing to not make it a priority to put that information out there because guess what? It's frustrating that Republicans aren't doing that too. Oh, absolutely. It's all bullshit in that regard, but here you have, we don't expect them to, we don't, (laughs) we don't expect them to, and they're not in charge. Right. So, so the fact of the matter is, is that I'm putting this one square on the Democrats because yes, the Republicans could be calling for it and they're not. And that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me, but the Democrats could be putting this information out there and they're not, they're actively not doing it. And that's a problem to me. Do I think that they have anything to hide? No, I don't. Do I think that the reason they're doing it is because they don't want to encourage vaccine hesitancy? Yes. And do I think that's misguided? Absolutely. I think there's a thought that thinks once we get to 70%, people will be like, I don't have to be the one to get it. And I think that's what they're worried about. When mm-hmm. we show when we show that we've succeeded, it's hard to then level up and say, all right, now keep doing it. Pe- Americans aren't that way. People aren't like that. Well, the other you, thing that... Tell me where the finish line is and I'll get there. But don't tell me there's another finish line once I got to the first one. Well, you know and, what I mean? And that's, and that's one of the things that the Republicans have kept doing is they're like, where's the finish line? Is it 70%, 80%, 90%, 95%, 100%? Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, you know, the problem is, is, is that until there's enough vaccine out there worldwide, there is no mm-hmm. finish line. And I'm going to tell you right now that even once we get a vaccine out there, there is no finish line. COVID is here to stay like the flu. Yeah. But the difference like is, the difference like is you can get a vaccine and probably not end up with that bad of symptoms. That's the point is you keep saying, I know people that got the vaccine and got COVID. Yes, but they weren't, they didn't die and they weren't on a ventilator and they didn't have to go to the hospital. They had flu like symptoms, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That's so, the difference. That's that the get difference. the vaccine so you don't die and you don't kill other people. You know? Right. And, and, and so like, so like now on the left where you see a bunch of people that are like, Oh no, we need to go back into lockdown because it's a Delta variant. No, we don't. Mm-hmm. The, the, the two shot vaccines we know are highly effective. Johnson and Johnson is working on a booster because yeah. it's not as effective as they would like it to be. And I think that that's always so Moderna. So well, Moderna is working on boosters for the variants and I, and right. guess what? I will be getting a booster shot when, when it's time. Me too. Because guess what? You know, yes, I've had COVID. I've also had the two shot vaccine and Mm -hmm. guess what? I've had the flu. I've also had the flu shots, multiple flu shots. Yep. The reality is, is that when I get flu shots, I don't get as sick. Right. Just like when I get, when I've had COVID, it was the worst fucking three months of my life. And you got to realize that if a hundred percent of the population catches COVID and it doesn't hurt, they don't have to go to the hospital. Then COVID itself, it, it when it when it, another variant comes out, it's weaker, right? Because it doesn't have to grow and be stronger because it's just being pushed out of all of our bodies, and the next variant will be weaker because it just it can't. Nope, you know that's what I mean? not true. That is not true. Um, the thing about variants is not that the next one that comes out is weaker. The next one that comes out is different enough that your body doesn't necessarily recognize it right away. You have enough body, you have enough antibodies and you have enough immune memory to go, okay, I think I've Mm -hmm. seen something familiar. I can fight this. That's what happens with the flu. That's what happens with the flu all the time. The Mm -hmm. flu is not weaker 
every year. It's just different enough. And we have just enough immune memory to where our body goes, okay, I know how to fight this. Because the thing is, is that that. because if you had somebody that was in a bubble that didn't have the (laughs) flu or a flu vaccine, and then suddenly got one of these, these, uh, viruses, one of these flu viruses, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a rough time for them. It's not that the flu is weaker. It's just people are stronger. It's, it's that your immune system is stronger and it is strong enough to know how to fight it. And that's, and that's the difference. It's not that COVID is going to get weaker. It's that your immune system is going to have enough memory to know how to fight it. Nice. And that's, and that's what we need. Yeah. We need everybody on the same page though. Absolutely. And, and the reality is, is, is that, you know, the more people who end up getting COVID shots, the less, the less chance of variations and variants there are going to be. And as soon as we make that a worldwide thing, the less chance that we're going to have like nine different variants developing in all these other parts of the world. Right. Because this Delta is from India. I mean, it destroyed India and now it's here. I don't know why people aren't scared of COVID after seeing the horror stories from around the world. And know? the other thing that people need to keep in mind is, is that when we say that the virus is affecting, affecting the unvaccinated, mm-hmm. that also includes t- kids 12 and under who cannot get a vaccine yet. That's right. And so that we need to keep in mind too. Because and that's patients, not coming until late this year, early next year. And 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 this is what people need to realize is is that in in emergency rooms across the country, the population that is in there is younger than it was mm-hmm. when COVID first came out. You know what the crazy thing is is that when it comes to a fully vaccinated population, our our sixty five and older population is leading the charge. Yeah, with over seventy five percent of the population vaccinated fully. Yeah. It's 65 and older. Isn't that scary? They're the ones that know what life means. Yeah. So they're, so they're the, you know, with, I think they were up to like, it was it 88% with at least one shot. That's funny. I just remember when I was like a teenager and I thought to myself, I'll be dead way before I hit 30. So fuck it. You know, that was my thought for a lot of the time. So, right? I mean, let's be realistic. If your grandfather or your grandma can get the shot, if Meemaw, if Meemaw can do it, you can do it. Right. Stop being a pussy. It's just a shot. Stop Stop being a fucking wacko. Like, seriously. Right? It's one of those things where you can watch your friend that doesn't want to do something. Like, oh, no, I have an excuse. Oh, no, I got to do this. Oh, no. That's all it is. You know you got to get it. You're just throwing excuses up because you don't want to get out of your easy chair. Just get up and go get the vaccine, you know? And that's, you know, and, and once again, you know, talk to your doctor about it and what you, what reasonable expectations you could have, what issues do you have that might affect you? I can tell you right now that, you know, I had a lot of conversations before I got the shot because being somebody that has compromised lungs beforehand. And I was, I mean, I was fairly certain I had COVID, but it wasn't a hundred percent certain. Right. I, I needed to know what I was going to be up against because breathing issues for me are real as Mm. as an asthmatic. And I had, and guess what? I had breathing issues, but I was prepared. And guess what? It was for 72 hours. It kind of sucked for me. Yeah, me too. But for me that I was the one that had the symptoms the longest, everybody else, 
Debbie had it for 18 hours. One of the kids had symptoms for 12 hours. Emily and one of the other kids, nothing. Mine were literally about 36 hours. And macular degeneration is an autoimmune disease. And so I, I had to put thought into it too, but I didn't <sighs> do a lot of questioning of people. I talked to Dan. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I, I find somebody I trust and then I trust them. Right. You know what I mean? I don't try and just... Because sometimes I'll find stuff I don't want to see. You know, when you go on to like WebMD and you're like, what is this? Oh, oh my God. God. You know, I don't want to do that. I just want somebody I'm I trust. Going to say I'm going yes blind in my left eye. It's testicular cancer. Wait, what? Right, right. And sometimes I'll I'll get so much information that I'll, I'll paralyze myself. So I like to find people I trust to give me information. And then I trust them until they give me reason not to, you know? Right. And that's, that's just, me. and that's just it is, is and, and I, like I said, I understand vaccine hesitancy. I truly do because the, these, the, these vaccines are new. They absolutely yeah. are. But sure. at this point, I, I hate to tell you this. If, if you have questions about this, if you think that Pfizer, Moderna and Johnson and Johnson aren't going to get FDA approval at this point, Right. That's I'm sorry, man. That's that's not gonna happen. It's not like they're gonna have, you know, a hundred and eighty million people get the shot and then be like, mm, nope, sorry, we're calling it. Right, because somebody thinks there's a magnet in there. You know, that's just not it's it's whatever. It's the stupidest stuff. Somebody said it was uh Satan's vaccine created oh, by Bill Gates, and it was Christ. like, What where is this going? And it's just look, here's the thing. If you if you think like the elections are rigged and stuff, what the fuck? It's our system, right? Like it I wasn't don't know what to tell you. It about wasn't that. rigged. The, the, the difference is, is that every, the rules were followed. Right. And it worked. Just yes. because you don't like the rules doesn't mean that the system is rigged. Or that you didn't like the outcome. It wasn't rigged when Jimmy Carter was elected, or, or um, I don't, I don't. It wasn't know. rigged. Reagan, Clinton, so, Bush, like, Bush. It wasn't rigged it was, for all them. And it but wasn't rigged a, in all of these other states that Trump won. Right. With that, the same rules. It, it, yeah, the people on the down ballot, they're not going. Yeah, you know, I'll give up my seat because you're right. There was fraud everywhere. It's just, it's just so. What I'm saying is like, yes, you might. You might have heard the vaccine is a hoax and stuff, but at a certain point, it's the way life is going to be, and you just got to get on board, or you're going to die. Like, you can be a radical that believes that the government isn't working in your favor, and you can continue to be radicalized, and eventually you will just be so out of the norm, you'll be isolated, and you will die. You know, there isn't a lot of support for negativity we want to grow as a country and we need to do that together and we let things drop off like that negativity americans are we don't stick to that i don't know why we have for four years but this is the age of aquarius and technical technological advancements are just bound to happen and we need to get on board with that because it's fucking amazing yeah. you know somebody that's missing an arm can get a robot arm that thinks that moves when they think that kind of stuff is outrageously cool to me and we need to stop being anti-science you know what are we right. going to use rocks to save ourselves are we going to windex our cuts like my big fat greek wedding are we just going to be like cool and advanced i want to be cool and advanced you know you know and that's just it is it's like i i like advancement and as an it person 
I'm always skeptical of advancement, not because I don't think it's good. It's because I want to make sure it works because right. in the you end, what? you know, like advancement for the sake of advancement is, is not good. Like, like blind faith in science isn't good. Like okay. blind faith in religion isn't good. You know, you want to make sure that whatever it is you're doing actually works. That's why like people who constantly, you know, scream, trust the science. It's like, you know, I trust the process of science. I don't necessarily right. trust anybody who says what they're doing is science. Right. Because anybody's interpretation is biased, right? Absolutely. Like unless you're the one doing the test, you're going to hear um, an opinion of that test. Absolutely. And that's why, like, as, as a math person, like when I look at, when I look at the statistical analysis of stuff, I can see where their biases lie. If there are biases, mm -hmm. you know, like we talked about with that, you know, yeah. most Republicans. Okay. Well, you got 2000 and where did you get them from? Right. It's the same thing as listening to Rachel Maddow and realizing that she's, um, expanding on the thought she's exaggerating it she's not giving you the news as much as she's saying this happened and now this could happen and we should be scared and you need to hear that for what it is right you can't just go oh my god she's predicting the future she's not she's 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 exaggerating for your attention absolutely and and that's just it is is that you and know fox too by the way oh yeah it, it's, it's all that uh, you have to look at you have to look at multiple sources with a yeah. keen eye and, and find out what are the commonalities. Right. I would say that it's, it's no different than, you know, if, if you're a Bible reader, you know, where I grew up in the Catholic church, you know, when you have the main gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, and John, like you, when you read these, when you read them, they sound different on the surface, but when you, look at them and the lessons and the actions, right. they, they talk about the same stuff, but with their own thoughts compounded upon them. Right. So you have to, you have to peel back the thoughts to get down to the, what actually exists. The right. Bible does it. Modern day news does it. And if you can't peel back and see the, see those things, you're going to mm -hmm. have a very difficult time navigating anything. There's food and then there's filler, right? Absolutely. And you want to eat the food, but the filler is always going to be there. There's a, there's a sentence of, of fact followed by an hour of rhetoric, right? Right. <laughs> you know, that's why, that's why a lot of the times I like NPR news shorts, like at the top of right. the hour, five minutes, it's like, here's what's happening. Boom. Right. We're moving on because I don't need the filler. I don't want the filler. Like I just need to know what, what is the action that has happened? Mm -hmm. What is the consequence of that action? Exactly. Like, and if I want more information beyond that, I will do my research. Hmm. So I'm going to leave you alone with this next topic. I'm going to let you start it off. Masturbation. So Friday, no. um. <laughs> okay. Master well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You're going to leave me alone. <laughs> it's close. It's, it's Republican masturbation, and that's kind of the same thing. I so don't want to talk about Matt Gates. <laughs> oh, man. Are you sure? Really? Because I'm in his district now, and I want to do it. No. Anyway. You want to masturbate so Matt Gates? <laughs> man. Hey, Matt. How you doing? I'm an underage prostitute. <laughs> I live in your district now, and um, 
I know where the prostitutes post their ads, and I'm asking each one of them if they know you until I find the one that knows you. No, 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 no. Just, just give, a, just, just give them your Venmo account number and tell them you know some <laughs> girls. <laughs> it just might work. So a U.S. judge ruled Friday that the DACA program is illegal and has suspended new applications. I'm going to leave that with you for a minute. How about that? Oh man. Okay. So let's let's start with DACA. DACA is so DACA um, uh, deferred action for childhood arrivals. For those who don't know. The program basically allows people who were brought from other countries as children to find pathways towards uh, to be able to live and work in the United States and potentially find pathways. That was something that they're still disagreeing upon in, in Congress right now. But these rulings came that, you know, kids were being sent back to countries that they had never grown up in and, and didn't know anything about. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, they grew up American. That, at least that's what they thought until they found out otherwise. So when it comes to the program itself, you know, there was a series of rulings that, you know, and work that allowed uh, what were known as the Dreamers uh, to stay in the United States to be able to get uh, their their work cards to be able to go to school, to be able to work, to be able to do any number of things. Um, but the problem is, is that this is an issue that Congress has been trying to iron out on how do you actually create pathways for citizenship for DACA recipients or the dreamers. Yeah. And that's kind of been this back and forth under Obama DACA really, you know, DACA starts to get its, its momentum. Trump tries to remove a bunch of DACA that all gets suspended when Biden gets back into office. But the reality is, is that Congress has needed to figure out how you, how you deal with this group of people that grew up American, but by all intents and purposes, paperwork wise, aren't American. And so the judge flat out said that, you know, the program um, is unconstitutional because there is no there is no past act on the books that should right. make this something permanent. There's no codified law. It's an executive decision. Yeah. And so that's where oh. that's that's where you have a very interesting standoff that's about to occur. And one that I think that will eventually make its way up to the Supreme Court unless Congress gets its shit together. Yeah. Now here's there here's a couple of problems that Sorry. i can foresee coming up number one okay we know that there's a labor shortage right now yeah there is and how many DACA recipients are there out there right now well, 11 million something like that could you imagine if we suddenly had uh 11 million more openings in this country yeah that's 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 a big yikes bro you actually went exactly where I was thinking. It, and the thing is, is when, when we remove immigrant workers from these places, we replace them with robots. We don't replace them with white people, you know? And it just builds the robotic infrastructure that we mm -hmm. all worry about in these trucks and these self-checkouts. And now we are, we're, we're, you know, we're electrifying our, our produce and our food distribution and we're... You're, when you say, you know, they're taking our jobs, 
immigrants could be saying that about robots. You know what I mean? Well, and, and, and the, the, the Republican idea of their taking our jobs has simultaneously been that <laughs> all they do is collect welfare, but somehow they're always taking your job. And I'm like, right. Do you, do you, I mean, do they work at Walmart? Last I checked, I haven't seen a whole lot of immigrants working at Walmart. And it's, it's so weird to me how an immigrant can just go get a job at a corporation all on his own. Like say, this job is mine. Just walk in and take it. Or like, like that one packing plant in Iowa where, what was it? They had like 20 cents, uh, 26 people who were illegally in the country that were uh, busted for working at this major meat packing plant in Iowa. Right. They just went and got the job. It's not like the corporation looked to look aside and hired them. You know, we're not going after corporations for hiring illegal workers because we need them. They need them, you yep. know? So, I mean, the problem, the problem is, is, is that like when it comes to work in this country, like mm -hmm. everybody complains about, you know, some of these jobs not paying very well, but you have a migrant population who takes it because they're more than willing to take that job. Right. And but the, but the kids that end up staying in the country and becoming, you know, for lack of, they, they've grown up American. They don't, nothing else. They've not right. lived in Mexico. They don't know the culture. And a lot of Mexicans don't even consider them Mexican or, or whatever country of origin they happen to come from. That's so weird. Yeah. And, but it's not a unique problem in the world sphere. I actually studied this uh, when I was doing German on how Greek and Turkish kids uh, feel pretty much the same way in Germany through Germany's mm -hmm. Gastarbeiter program. Okay. And so, you know, they're not German because, I mean, the, the definition of being a German citizen in, in Germany is, is that you're German blood. Not, gotcha. okay. not like here where, you know, there is no American blood. It's, it's an ideal. And so the problem is, is that you have a bunch of kids that have grown up here and for lack of better uh, words, you know, they're, they're American just without the paperwork. And that's, right. that's a problem. That is a problem. So to me, like what that means is, is that there has to be a pathway for them to become citizens. If they, if they've only grown up here, this is the only home that they've known mm -hmm. sending them back to sending them back can't even say that sending them right. to mexico or whatever country of origin they happen to come in it, it's not a good deal for them it's not a good deal for the country i would argue because if even if you want to follow the line that you know they've somehow been sponging benefits off of the american people okay we'll turn them into productive tax-paying citizens mm -hmm. and you and and have them quote unquote, put back into the system, which they already are anyways, if they have the legal standing to work because they're paying taxes. I say give, give them an education and dual citizenship. Let them go wherever they want. If they choose to go back to their country of origin of their, of their parents, then they can do that and they can be educated and turn it into a more American place. To me, that's what I think we should be. We should be improving everybody and educating everybody so that they can go you know how I feel about absolutely, borders. and, you and know here's I mean? the thing: is like I feel like there's so many different pathways that we need to explore in terms of opening up uh, citizenship. You yeah, know, five years in the military, you know, is one. Yes. Five years, five years in in public service, like being a firefighter or an EMT. Right. Police officer might be a little bit difficult to be able to make that one happen, but you know, ain't nobody out there yelling "fuck the fire department" or "fuck the EMT." 
I would be happy if it was five years with no no crimes, like no. I don't. I, you know, I, I don't. It's, I, that it's one's hard a, to that say. one. I don't. I don't like that one simply because. Well, what what constitutes a crime? Speeding is a crime. So if it's, that's what that was my point. It's, yeah. it's it's based on a bias of a police officer that, and we fall into a criminal justice system that right, right. To minority. me, it, to me, but what like, I'm saying, what do you if do they're is, an active, if they're a positive member of society? You know what I mean? Absolutely, and and that's where you know, like a lot of countries have you know civil service, the mandatory civil service for its population. Mm-hmm. I, and we don't, but I think that we could absolutely set up a civil service for people who want to be Americans. And that way, Peace Corps. you know, we've got the Peace Corps, for example. I mean, granted, a lot of times they're working in other countries. That's fine. We could have like a, a, we could have like a homeland branch of the Peace Corps that are doing different things within the country. That you would, know, that would be so helpful, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Cause because, you know, let's think about it. What, you know, what are we doing in other countries that, you know, we could have people that are trying to become citizens do here in America. Right. We are building infrastructure in Afghanistan. When we're there, we're building roads and bases and, and communities and housing and all of this stuff. We could be doing that here. Absolutely. We could go into a we could go into a community with the Peace Corps, buy some land, build a building, house the people there, and move on to another place. You know, have like in, have, in, have a you know have a have a civil service division that does roadway projects. Have a civil you know yeah. any number of things that actually help people you know number one contribute to the to society but yeah. but not just our society contribute to the, the society that they want to be very much a part of i think that that's an important thing to be able to do whether mm. you're serving in the military whether you're serving as a firefighter whether you're serving as an emt whether you're serving in any number of capacities that help um, you know help the people of the country you know in in the homeland yeah. i think is is really what the answer has to be Because I'll tell you one thing, you're never going to complain about hurricane assistance funding if you are one of the people on the front line in that hurricane. Absolutely. And and that's just it. They're not political issues. These aren't political issues. And so, I'm sorry, somebody somebody had mentioned, and we can keep talking, but somebody had said we're we're a political sort of podcast. (laughs) And I wanted wanted to say that we're not. In the same way that I, I struggle to find a way to say this, the same way that like in the Hunger Games, Cat isn't a member of Snopes army right Snow's but they're army. still in the same franchise right. and I, I wanted to let people know that this isn't we're seeing things political, but I think Jeffrey and I what we're doing is we're trying to pull issues away from the political lens and we're trying to see them more in a human way and I need mm-hmm. people to understand that we are it's all there's it's politics and us, and we need to train our politics to work for us, our government to work for us. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to explain. If you fall for it and you discuss politics with a politician, you're going to lose because you're an American. But if you make the issue an American person issue, the politicians at the disadvantage and they will listen to you. Absolutely. And that's, <laughs> and just that's what I need people to understand. And that's just it. You know, Democrats are going to say we should just give them citizen citizenship just mm-hmm. because Republicans are going to say, send them home despite the fact that, you know, they've only ever grown up here. I'm saying, right. Hey, you know what? There's a, there's a, a happy medium here that is not political and it involves 
serving the country. Because mm-hmm. if you're willing to sign up to quote unquote serve this country, that's a pretty American thing to do. Because right. that's that shows your commitment to the ideal. Now the question is is what pathways do we have to make that I you know commitment to the ideal possible? And I think that there's a, a vast multitude of ways that we can do this and do this in a way that provides dignity to not just the person who's working the program, but the people to the people who are ultimately going to be receiving that aid. Right. That, you know, there is room for civil service here in the U S that isn't just the military or the fire department or EMTs hurricane assistance disaster assistance is a great one because right. let's, let's be realistic there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of wildfires there's going to be a lot of hurricanes there's going to be a lot of tornadoes there's going to be earthquakes mm-hmm. being able to have people that are committed to shipping in and working to help people get back on their feet that's that's right honestly not, i would love to be able to do that personally but not not to put the fire out but to assist the people evacuating the fire and streamline that process yeah and be a part of that i would love to hand out food or blankets or just be somebody that could listen after what the the experience of a wildfire like i have friends that were in the paradise wildfire right and it just it still kills me to this day that they went through that trauma and I don't even get to talk to them. Like I'm sure they're, they're over it or they have their PTSD, but just the fact that I I couldn't be there to comfort them upsets me a little bit, you know? And, and, but just being able to have a pathway that allows people that are needing to, that are needing and wanting to become citizens to serve the country in a way that makes sense. Like this isn't, this isn't a, this isn't a hard thing to do. Like, we're going to be paying somebody to go in there and sift through rubble. We're going to be paying people to Mm -hmm. go in there and hand out food and water and, and shelters for the, for the, the meantime, we're going to have these long-term efforts. It doesn't make any sense why we couldn't have a U.S. civil service that goes in there and helps with this stuff. I mean, we've got a lot of, there are more independent groups that are out there, Right. There's no reason why that couldn't fall under a U.S. civil service category. You know, that's to me, it's perfect. Like, for example, Team Rubicon is one that's out there. Like, they're all former military vets that go into disaster areas afterwards because they've got all of this training uh, for going mm-hmm. into disaster areas to do r- rescue and recovery. They right. have this experience that they don't get to use in their civilian life. And this allowed them to bring in the best of the both worlds, be able to take that training that they got invested into them, but actually use it in a way that helps American citizens recover. So they can understand the situation because I want people to understand you need to be trained before you just go into a situation and be a random component of it. Like you need to know where you're, what you're, where you're going, what you're doing, what your duty what is, ver- what the verbiage is. You need to know a lot of things before you rush into a disaster, but, but you need, you could also be an outlier that helps house people in the crisis or helps get the power back on or the Wi-Fi or keeps the communication lines open. There's a lot of things that civil service people could do in that. That's FEMA, right? That's, that's FEMA. Or, you know, we've got a bunch of infrastructure that's, that's needing to be updated. 
There's no reason why we couldn't have a U.S. Civil Service Division that's focused on, on roads. Or, you know, I know this one's going to sound feel good to you, have a U.S. Civil Service Division that's based in going into places to help make ADA compliance a lot better. Like, there's, yeah. a, way, there's a way that you can do this that provides service to all Americans while helping create Americans. You know what I would like to see? I'd like to see something like that in all of the this hemisphere's countries and, and have them all work together, kind of like a, a trade program. So I could go to maybe Brazil and help there, and a Brazilian could come here and learn what we're doing, and mm-hmm. then we could all just take that. I'm I'm real into the sharing of knowledge. You know Absolutely. what I mean? The only way we get to where we need to get faster and securely is by having more perspectives involved in the discussions, you know? Absolutely. And especially like if, if where I where we've talked about that, like we need to invest in supply lines closer to home. Being able yeah. to go in and work with our neighbors and create good paying, stable jobs there. Like we said, mm-hmm. you know, you're not gonna fix the immigration issue by just either letting everybody in or shutting everybody out because the, the, con- the conditions that are making people want to leave those areas are still there. You got to fix the actual root problem. Right. But can you imagine if our wealth went into this hemisphere and Mexico was on par with us that, that I think I had a Facebook post about that. Mm-hmm. Like if we invested and created wealth in this hemisphere, who would be immigrating? You know what right. I mean? Like who, who would want to leave Mexico to come here when it was an equal opportunity <laughs> place, Right, just warmer and more luxury, luxurious. You know right. what I mean? So right. like, I love that. I, it's my favorite idea next to the 3d garden. These are my two favorite ideas. Right. And, and that's, and, and that's the beauty of these ideas is that they're, they're, if you've got a problem elsewhere, like the Democrats and the Republicans both have a problem with China right now. Great. How are you going to fix that problem? Starve them, choke them out. Like we are Cuba. Okay. Well then what about us? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We got to remove our supply chains and find a new partner, right? Absolutely. We can't, we can't use China anymore. We can't use Russia. We can't use Cuba. We can't use North Korea. We can't use Hungary. So our choices are limited here. You know what I mean? And so let's work with our neighbors. Let's let's why not support this hemisphere. Right. You know, if you want to actually do something about the immigration issues, we've got to do things that create stability in the places people are immigrating from. Right. We're, we're, we're happy to choke out Cubans and keep them from coming on our shore, but we're happy to dump money into China. Like, I don't understand that China steals our intellectual property. What if, what if Mexico took 25% of our intellectual property? (laughs) I mean, we'd still be saving and giving them technology to advance themselves. You got China taking intellectual property. You've got them using actual slave labor. You've got them doing things that are actually causing environmental destruction. And we pay them to do that. Yeah. And, and, and so both parties are just like, I'm good with this. Meanwhile, one party is like, you know, we need to be nice to China and the other one's fuck communists. And it's like, well, you can be nice to the people and say fuck communists, but you you can't keep supporting it at the way you are. You have to. It's like you even if you were to try to build everything here, that means that you're going to have to get people from other places, or yes. you invest in your neighbors. Since you're complaining about people coming here, 
And then guess what? You fix that, you fix that issue, that root cause. You have more manufacturing jobs. You have more education opportunities. You have more stability. People ain't going to leave when things are stable. When they don't have to worry about where their next meal is coming from, or if somebody's going to show up in the middle of the night to chop off their fucking head. Right. And not to be a jerk, if I'm from Honduras, I grew up in Honduras, I don't want to leave. You know what I mean? I don't want to travel like 5,000 miles for prosperity when it's right here in my own backyard. I love where I grew up. I love where I grew up. It's weird. People in LA that have lived on the same blocks their whole lives will tell you they love where they grew up. They just wish it was better, you know? And and so basically, here is our chance to make it better. Here is our chance to say that we're going to make it better if we're going to if we want to actually fix issues if we want to stop mm-hmm. if 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 the end result is stop immigration at the rate that it is putting up a wall does not fix that allowing mm-hmm. everybody in does not fix that right but our solution so let's, let's just let's just say we don't have to worry about a border anymore or defending our border anymore or securing our border anymore but we also don't have the war on drugs we don't have ice coming into our communities we don't have border patrol income or you know uh salaries we don't have these institutions that we have to maintain and pay for there's a lot of benefits to just how much money would we save we would save billions of dollars a year if we just did this you know make but we would make trillions of dollars. But what so what what is it? Is it that we're just we don't want Mexico to be better than us? Like we fear that they will advance us technologically or morally? I don't know what it is. Why wouldn't we be investing in Canada, you know, in in Panama? I mean the canal's right there. Why would we not take Panama and democratize it, you know? The answer is because you know, we think that we're gonna show I, the best, the best, the the best. I I should say the best idea is that we're going to show that the Chinese show the Chinese that democracy is the only way, mm-hmm. and and that they'll re, you know they'll repent their commie ways, and that so far hasn't happened. But imagine if we brought a dreamer here, right when they were three, and they decided after their education that they loved their their genetics. They love where they came from and they want to make it a better place. And then they go there and make it more American or run for office and become the next Nelson Mandela. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. These things that could happen to change places, we need to start thinking long-term about that and educating the next leader of this place so they don't think authoritarian. They think democracy first. A lot of places love democracy. They just don't understand it because somebody's been telling them it's bad all this time. Right. And that's just it is, is that, you know, it's... They, they've grown up in corrupt environments where there are few mm-hmm. opportunities. Yeah. The more opportunities that you have, the lower corruption tends to be. Because let's be realistic, you know, places, you know, corruption, you're never going to get corrupt, get rid of corruption in terms of complete open markets. Right. I mean, even, even what China does with 
with its government is still corrupt when you look at the ideals of communism because right. apparently you know the people at the top are millionaires and billionaires and they're just more equal communists than the other communists so you know right. it goes completely against the ideal so i'm just going to laugh <laughs> that one out the window it's but, just a drab form of democracy it, it's not even a form of democracy it's it, it's not at all because at least in a form of democracy you get to pick and choose who you want to run not have it picked for you was it what was it somebody said like in russia they know the results of the election two hours before it starts right china's much the same way it's like russia sure you, is you russia's to, a weird form of democracy too by the way communism is just a weird form of democracy i i disagree with with that on on, on communism it's not a form of democracy it's it's a it's it has never been a form of democracy well, I mean, constitutionally, the leaders should be brought out of the working class. You know what I mean? Like, it's this weird constitution. I, it's not democracy. I mean, they have different beliefs on um, owning and maintaining, you know, the production and all that. But, but there is no freedom of choice. Is, there is, there is there absolute. Should, there should be. Is but what that's I'm not saying. communism, though. That's the problem is it's not communism. Well, the leader should be picked from two people from the working party. The people sh are still voting. It's just somebody's rigged that. Well, before, that Vlad before Vladimir Putin, it was an election of here's the two people that both believe in our communist ways. Pick one. He's from the working class. You know what I mean? And so, and to me, that's that's not democracy. When when the state picks who you're choosing, that's not democracy. Okay, fair enough. You it's know. a bad form. It's a bad form of government. How about that? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's Maybe. a terrible form of government. I don't know. I've never lived under communism, so I don't know how it is. Maybe it's maybe it's great. You know, I don't know. I think everybody thinks that it would be great. I mean, because if you read the Communist Manifesto on mm -hmm. paper, it's absolutely fantastic. I've had right. Multiple, it's a utopia, right? I've had multiple conversations with people who are very conservative that have read the Communist Manifesto. And believe me, we get the appeal. Trust me. Like it looks, right. it looks and reads fantastic in practice. It, nobody ever holds to it. That's right. They always corrupt it. Right. Just like democracy and capitalism. They might Absolutely. be great ideas, but it's the people corrupting the idea that are the problem around the world. Absolutely. And that's the problem is capitalism in itself isn't always inherently bad, but the current setup is not good. Let's be right. Clear. It's not working for us. And by the way, you know, like England had kings, but nobody wanted like a tyrant king. They always wanted a benevolent king. So right. even I mean, people don't want an evil autocracy. You know, they want a just one. So I, it, I don't know if people are corrupting it around the world. These Absolutely. ideals, you know, you they're know, not using them for good and positivity. They're using them for self gain and power. Absolutely, and that's and that is the biggest problem. And and why. You know, for someone like me, where I sit down and I hear about, you know, how people think the government is inherently evil. Mm -hmm. And then their, their idea is to add more government to that. And I'm like, no, right. that sounds terrible. Because if you, what, like, you think that all of this is great if you add more of your stuff to it. But what happens when you aren't in power anymore and the other guy is? They're going to replace all of the things that you, all the people that you've added with their own people, and it's going to change. 
And right. a lot of the times it just keeps changing for the worse. That's why like the whole conversation around court packing right now, it's like, yeah, the idea of having four more liberal justices on there to create a majority liberal justice, guess what's going to happen the moment a Republican gets elected and, uh, and some liberal justices die. Like, well, what yeah. happened in, uh, in Trump's era? Mm-hmm. We know what happens. The problem is not that the problem is not, you know, that your party is good and the other party is evil. Both parties are bad period end of story because mm-hmm. government creates modalities of power that people right. usurp that individuals usurp mm-hmm. and they use it to their benefit until they find themselves in a position where they can't right that is what will happen the next time a republican gets in office it's what happens the next time a democrat gets in office like mm-hmm. you look at it like all of these changes that are being uh, that are being made like I get why people want to make some of the changes that they are. Oh, well, if we make this change, it should be more fair to really, because here's the thing that most people don't realize. And I, and I always like to come back to the second amendment. The second amendment isn't for just people who look like me. It's for everybody. Mm -hmm. But if you put rules around the second amendment, it becomes a question of enforcement. Who are these rules enforced against? Mm-hmm. And if your answer is, is like, well, right now, people who are black and brown are the ones that are being most affected, then you know who is going to be most affected by these rules. It's not going to be yep. people who look like me. And right. I know this. And I don't like it. Well, nobody attacks supermodels, Jeffrey. Mm. So, <laughs> so. When, I when, think I, I just think the argument should never get to the Supreme Court. It's kind of like abortion. Like, do we, are we against abortion? Nobody wants that to happen, but we don't want anybody in the position to have to get one. We should never have an argument so bad that where it needs to be disputed in the Supreme Court, we should be able to resolve this stuff earlier. Mm-hmm. It's a pipe dream, but we should come to a consensus in our Congress and in our Senate, not and as in our people, we shouldn't have to go to the court for every question. You right, know? right. It shouldn't matter if there's all conservatives. We should never get there. <laughs> right, exactly. So. I don't know. It's just somebody decided to tip the system that way, and that's what happened. And so what you were saying, I don't know. You, uh, I was on a, a something. So my problem really is being priced out of Wait, I have two topics left. Which one did I want to cover? The filibuster exemption cutoff that they're suddenly realizing existed or donating to national politicians. So if you're not going to give me voting rights, just so you know, I'm not going to donate to you. And what I will advocate for is donating to local local stuff. You know, mm-hmm. people that'll change my life and help my my life in a local way if the federal government isn't going to be helping me with that. That was it so yeah i I don't like the fact that i could if i donated 25 dollars a month twenty five thousand dollars in a year uh some lobbyist or pack or corporation just can buy double what i paid and get what they want and i'm left out in the cold it prices me out of the political process and i don't think this is fair and i'm not going to donate anymore no i don't think that 
people should be donating. I don't think corporations should be donating. And okay. I've, and it's one of those things where it's like, there are more effective ways to get your voice out in front of people. Um, keep your money where your company is, keep your money where your pocket is. Yep. Stop paying rich people to be fucking rich and right. giving them exemptions for all the things that they want to do. Stop doing that because it's not like you're just paying for fuel for politicians to fly to another spot. They're having fancy meals. They're doing all these other things. It's it's you're, you're paying rich people to be rich under mm-hmm. the guise of politics and it's bullshit. right. And it is literally the only reason that Donald Trump says there was fraud in the election. Cause every time he says it, you guys donate hundreds of thousands of dollars to him. So he's going to keep saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep Thanks for being here, Jeffrey. Absolutely. Hey, any movie, any movie recommendation before we go? Demon Slayer, Mugen Train. All right. I did watch, watch The Expendables. I fell asleep to the end of it, by the way. Yeah, well, you know. I'm surprised that those old geezers didn't fall asleep before the end of it, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so, watch Demon yeah. Slayer. Watch, uh, get through the series first, then watch Mugen Train. Otherwise, none of it will make sense. I love that. I love you being here, Jeffrey. Thanks. Of course. Yay. Maybe next week we'll have a guest. How about that? Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I did want to tell people, I want to be a group of perspectives. You know, like Devi is just as much a host here as I am. You know, they're amazing. You're amazing. Thank you for being here. We always want more perspectives because we talked about DACA, but we didn't have any DACA recipients here to talk about that. We talked about Cuba, but we didn't have any Cubans here or Cuban Americans here to talk about that. And that's not our fault. It's not like we're not reaching out. I don't know. I don't know what the issue is, but we're not political. So get away from that. Love you guys. And I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our Place. And I don't care how tough you are, they will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently for You, me or nobody, is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not yes, we can. what your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. I, poor little children, yes, we can. one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. It's in this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome, welcome to public, to public access, access America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams Sunday on live YouTube. Streams. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Twitter. Apple Podcasts, Podcast, Stitcher, Smart, Stitcher Radio, Smart Radio, Radio Public, and, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America. Access history America. in the making. Making history in the making.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.